My name is Professor Rachel Bodell, and you're listening to The Bible in a Year, the story podcast, where we encounter a living God that is calling us to live a life from, with, and for Him. This podcast is designed to help you listen to the one connected story of the Bible and understand it perhaps just a little bit better by learning from biblical scholars that have helped me. We will read the Bible out loud and explore how the one connected story of the kingdom of God is unfolding and how we fit into that story today. This is day 188 and I'm reading from the NIV version of the Bible. Jeremiah 16 and 17 and Ezekiel 45 through 47. Jeremiah 16. Then the word of the Lord came to me. You must not marry and have sons or daughters in this place. For this is what the Lord says about the sons and daughters born in this land and about the women who are their mothers and the men who are their fathers. They will die of deadly diseases. They will not be mourned or buried, but will be like dung lying on the ground. They will perish by sword and famine, and their dead bodies will become food for the birds and the wild animals. For this is what the Lord says, Do not enter a house where there is a funeral meal. Do not go to mourn or show sympathy, because I have withdrawn my blessing, my love, and my pity from this people, declares the Lord. Both high and low will die in this land. They will not be buried or mourned, and no one will cut themselves or shave their head for the dead. No one will offer food to comfort those who mourn for the dead, not even for a father or a mother, nor will anyone give them a drink to console them. And do not enter a house where there is a feast and sit down to eat and drink, for this is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says, Before your eyes and in your days I will bring an end to the sounds of joy and gladness and to the voices of bridegroom in this place. When you tell these people all this and they ask you, Why has the Lord decreed such a great disaster against us? What wrong have we done? What sin have we committed against the Lord our God? Then say to them, It is because your ancestors forsook me, declares the Lord, and followed other gods and served and worshipped them. They forsook me and did not keep my law. But you have behaved more wickedly than your ancestors. See how all of you are following the stubbornness of your evil hearts instead of obeying me. So I will throw you out of this land into a land neither you nor your ancestors have known. And there you will serve other gods day and night, for I will show you no favor. However, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when it will no longer be said, as surely as the Lord lives who brought the Israelites up out of Egypt. But it will be said, as surely as the Lord lives who brought the Israelites up out of the land of the north and out of all the countries where he has banished them. For I will restore them to the land I gave their ancestors. But now I will send you for many fishermen, declares the Lord, and they will catch them. After that, I will send for many hunters, and they will hunt them down on every mountain and hill and from the crevices of the rocks. My eyes are on all their ways. They are not hidden from me, nor is their sin concealed from my eyes. I will repay them double for their wickedness and their sin, because they have defiled my land with the lifeless forms of their vile images and have filled my inheritance with their detestable idols. Lord, my strength and my fortress, my refuge in time of distress— To you, the nations will come from the ends of the earth and say, Our ancestors possessed nothing but false gods, worthless idols that did them no good. Do people make their own gods? Yes, but they are not gods. Therefore, I will teach them. This time I will teach them my power and might. Then they will know that my name is the Lord. 
Judison is engraved with an iron tool inscribed with a flint point on the tablets of their hearts and on the horns of their altars. Even their children remember their altars and Asherah poles. Besides the spreading trees and on the high hills, my mountain and the land and your wealth and all your treasures, I will give away as plunder together with your high places because of sin throughout your country. Through your own fault, you will lose the inheritance I gave you. I will enslave you to your enemies in a land you do not know, for you have kindled my anger and it will burn forever. Then, this is what the Lord says, Cursed is the one who trusts in man, who draws strength from mere flesh, and whose heart turns away from the Lord. That person will be like a bush in the wastelands. They will not see prosperity when it comes. They will dwell in the parched places of the desert, in a salt land where no one lives. But blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in Him. They will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when heat comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no worries in a year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. The heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it? I, the Lord, search the heart and examine the mind, to reward each person according to their conduct, according to what their deeds deserve. Like a partridge that hatched its eggs it did not lay, are those who gain riches by unjust means. When their lives are half gone, their riches will desert them, and in the end they will prove to be fools. A glorious throne, exalted from the beginning, is the place of our sanctuary. Lord, you are the hope of Israel." All who forsake you will be put to shame. Those who turn away from you will be written in the dust because they have forsaken the Lord, the spring of living water. Heal me, Lord, and I will be healed. Save me and I will be saved, for you are the one I praise. They keep saying to me, where is the word of the Lord? Let it now be fulfilled. I have not run away from being your shepherd. You know I have not desired the day of despair. What passed my lips is open before you. Do not be a terror to me. You are my refuge in the day of disaster. Let my prosecutors be put to shame, but keep me from shame. Let them be terrified, but keep me from terror. Bring on them the day of disaster. Destroy them with double destruction. This is what the Lord said to me. Go and stand at the gate of the people, through which the kings of Judah go in and out. Stand also at the other gates of Jerusalem. Say to them, Hear the word of the Lord, your kings of Judah and all the people of Judah and everyone living in Jerusalem who come from these gates. This is what the Lord says. Be careful not to carry a load on the Sabbath day or bring it through the gates of Jerusalem. Do not bring a load out of your houses or do any work on the Sabbath, but keep the Sabbath day holy as I commanded your ancestors. Yet they did not listen or pay attention. They were stiff-necked and would not listen or respond to discipline. But if you are careful to obey me, declares the Lord, and bring no load through the gates of this city on the Sabbath, but keep the Sabbath day holy by not doing any work on it, then kings who sit on David's throne will come through the gates of this city with their officials. They and their officials will come riding in chariots and on horses, accompanied by the men of Judah and those living in Jerusalem, and this city will be inhabited forever. People will come from the towns of Judah and the villages around Jerusalem, from the territory of Benjamin and the western foothills, from the hill country and the Gev, bringing burnt offerings and sacrifices, grain offerings and incense, and bringing thank offerings to the house of the Lord. But if you do not obey me to keep the Sabbath day holy by not carrying any load as you come through the gates of Jerusalem on the Sabbath day, then I will kindle an unquestionable fire in the gates of Jerusalem, and that will consume her fortress. Ezekiel 45 
When you allot the land as an inheritance, you are to present to the Lord a portion of the land as a sacred district, 25,000 cubits long and 20,000 cubits wide. The entire area will be holy. Of this, a section 500 cubits square is to be put for the sanctuary with 50 cubits around it for open land. In the sacred district, measure off a section 25,000 cubits long and 10,000 cubits wide. And it will be the sanctuary, the most holy place. It will be the sacred portion of the land for the priests who minister in the sanctuary and who draw near to minister before the Lord. It will be a place for their houses as well as a holy place for the sanctuary. An area 25,000 cubits long and 10,000 cubits wide will belong to the Levites who serve in the temple and their possession for towns to live in. You are to give the city as its property an area 5,000 cubits wide and 25,000 cubits long, adjoining the sacred portion. It will belong to all Israel. The prince will have the land bordering each side of the area formed to be the sacred district and the property of the city. It will extend westward from the west side and the east side, running lengthwise from the western to the eastern border, parallel to one of the tribal portions. This land will be his possession in Israel. And my prince will no longer oppress my people, but will allow the people of Israel to possess the land according to their tribes. This is what the sovereign Lord says. You have gone far enough, princes of Israel. Give up your violence and oppression and do what is just and right. Stop dispossessing my people, declares the sovereign Lord. You are to use accurate scales of an accurate ephah and an accurate bath. The ephah and the bath are to be the same size, the bath containing a tenth of a homer and the ephah a tenth of a homer. The homer is to be the standard measure of both. The shekel is to consist of 20 geras. 20 shekels plus 25 shekels plus 15 shekels equals one mina. This is the special gift you are to offer, a sixth of an ephah, from each homer of wheat and a sixth of an ephah from each homer of barley. The prescribed portion of olive oil measured by the bath is a tenth of a bath from each core, which consists of ten baths or one homer, for ten baths are equivalent to a homer. Also, one sheep is to be taken from every flock of two hundred from the well-watered pastures of Israel. These will be used for the grain offering, burnt offering, and fellowship offering to make atonement for the people declares the Sovereign Lord. All the people of the land will be required to give this special offering to the prince in Israel. It will be the duty of the prince to provide the burnt offerings, grain offerings, and a drink offering at the festivals, the new moons, and the Sabbath. At all the appointed festivals of Israel, he will provide the sin offering, grain offering, burnt offering, and fellowship offerings to make atonement for the Israelites. This is what the Sovereign Lord says. In the first month and on the first day, you are to take a young bull without defect and purify the sanctuary. The priest is to take some of the blood of the sin offering and put it on the doorpost of the temple, on the four corners of the upper ledge of the altar, and on the gatepost of the inner court. You are to do the same on the seventh day of the month for anyone who sins unintentionally or through ignorance, so you are to make atonement for the temple. In the first month on the fourteenth day, you are to observe the Passover, a festival lasting seven days during which you shall eat bread made without yeast. On that day, the prince is to provide a bull as a sin offering for himself and for all the people of the land. Every day during the seven days of the festival, he is to provide seven bulls and seven rams without defect as a burnt offering to the Lord and a male goat for a sin offering. He is to provide as a grain offering an ephah for each bull and an ephah for each ram, along with a hin of olive oil for each ephah. During the seventh day of the festival, which begins in the seventh month on the fifteenth day, he is to make the same provision for sin offerings, burnt offerings, grain offerings, and oil. 
This is what the Sovereign Lord says, The gate of the inner court facing east is to be shut on the sixth working day, but on the Sabbath day and on the day of the new moon it is to be opened. The prince is to enter from the outside through the portico of the gateway and stand by the gatepost. The priests are to sacrifice his burnt offering and his fellowship offerings. He is to bow down and worship at the threshold of the gateway, and then go out by the gate and will not be shut until evening. On the Sabbath and new moons, the people of the land are to worship in the presence of the Lord at the entrance of that gateway. The burnt offerings the prince brings to the Lord on the Sabbath day is to be six male lambs and a ram, all without defect. The grain offering given with the ram is to be an ephah, and the grain offering with the lamb is to be as much as he pleases, along with a hen of olive oil for each ephah. On the day of the new moon, he is offering a young bull, six lambs and a ram, all without defect. He is to provide as a grain offering, one ephah with the bull, one ephah with the ram, and with the lambs as much as he wants to give, along with a hint of olive oil for each ephah. When the prince enters, he is to go in through the portico of the gateway, and he is to come out the same way. When the people of the land come before the Lord at the appointed festivals, whoever enters by the north gate to worship is to go out the south gate, and whoever enters by the south gate is to go out the north gate. No one is to return through the gate by which they entered, but each is to go out the opposite gate. The prince is to be among them, going in when they go and going out when they go out. At the feast and the appointed festivals, the grain offering is to be an ephah with the bull, an ephah with the ram, and with the lambs as much as he pleases, along with a hint of olive oil for each ephah. When the prince provides a free offering to the Lord, whether a burnt offering or a fellowship offering, the gate facing east is to be opened for him. He shall offer his burnt offerings or his fellowship offerings as he does on the Sabbath day. When he shall go out and after he has gone, the gate will be shut. Every day you are to provide a year-old lamb without defect for a burnt offering to the Lord. Morning by morning you shall provide it. You are also to provide with it morning by morning a grain offering, consisting of a sixth of an ephah with a third of a hen of oil to moisten the flour. The presenting of this grain offering to the Lord is a lasting ordinance. So the lamb and the grain offering and the oil shall be provided morning by morning for a regular burnt offering. This is what the Sovereign Lord says. If the prince makes a gift from his inheritance to one of his sons, it will also belong to his descendants. It is to be their property by inheritance. If, however, he makes a gift from his inheritance to one of his servants, the servant may keep it until the year of freedom. Then it will revert to the prince. His inheritance belongs to his sons only. It is theirs. The prince must not take any of the inheritance of the people, driving them off their property. He is to give his sons their inheritance out of his own property, so that no one of my people will be separated from their property. Then the man brought me through the entrance at the side of the gate to the sacred rooms facing north, which belonged to the priest, and showed me a place at the western end. He said to me, This is the place where the priests are to cook the guilt offering and the sin offering, and bake the grain offering, to avoid bringing them into the outer court and consecrating the people. He then brought to me the outer court and led me around to its four corners, and I saw each corner another court, and the four corners of the outer court were enclosed courts. 40 cubits long, 30 cubits wide. Each of the courts in the four corners was the same size. Around the inside of each of the four corners was a ledge of stone, with places for fire built all around under the ledge. He said to me, These are the kitchens where those who minister at the temple are to cook for sacrifices of the people. 47. 
The man brought me back to the entrance to the temple, and I saw water coming out from under the threshold of the temple toward the east, for the temple faced east. The water was coming down from under the south side of the temple, south of the altar. He then brought me through the northern gate and led me around the outside to the outer gate facing east, and the water was trickling from the south side. As the man went eastward with a measuring line in his hand, he measured off a thousand cubits and then led me through water that was ankle deep. He measured off another thousand cubits and led me through water that was knee deep. He measured off another thousand and led me through water that was up to the waist. He measured off another thousand, but now it was a river that I could not cross, because the water had risen and was deep enough to swim in, a river that no one could cross. He asked me, Son of man, do you see this? Then he led me back to the bank of the river. When I arrived there, I saw a great number of trees on each side of the river. He said to me, This water flows toward the eastern region and goes down into the Arabah, where it enters the Dead Sea. When it empties into the sea, the salty water there becomes fresh. Swarms of living creatures will live wherever the river flows. There will be large numbers of fish because this water flows there and makes the salty water fresh. So, where the river flows, everything will live. Fishermen will stand along the shore. From En-Gedi to En-Eglam, there will be places for spreading nets. The fish will be of many kinds, like the fish of the Mediterranean Sea. But the swamps and marshes will not become fresh. They will be left for salt. Fruit trees of all kinds will grow on both banks of the river. There, leaves will not wither, nor will their fruit fail. Every month they will bear fruit because the water from the sanctuary flows to them. Their fruit will serve for food and their leaves for healing. This is what the Sovereign Lord says. These are the boundaries of the land that you will divide among the twelve tribes of Israel as their inheritance. With portions for Joseph, you are to divide it equally among them. Because I swore with uplifted hand to give it to your ancestors, this land will become your inheritance. This is to be the boundary of the land. On the north side, it will run from the Mediterranean Sea by the Hethlon Road past Lebo Hamath to Zedad, Baratha, and Zibrayam, which lies on the border between Damascus and Hamath, as far as Hazar Hadikan, which is on the border of Haran. The boundary will extend from the sea to Hazar Anan, along the northern border of Damascus, with the border of Hamath to the north. This will be the northern boundary. On the eastern side, the boundary will run between Haran and Damascus, along the Jordan between Gilead and the land of Israel, to the Dead Sea and as far as Tamar. This will be the eastern boundary. On the south side, it will run from Tamar as far as the waters of Meribah, Kadesh, then along the Wadi of Egypt to the Mediterranean Sea. This will be the southern boundary. On the west side, the Mediterranean Sea will be the boundary to point opposite Lebo Hamath. This will be the western boundary. You are to distribute this land among yourselves according to the tribes of Israel. You are to allot it as an inheritance for yourselves and for the foreigners residing among you and who have children. You are to consider them as native-born Israelites. Along with you, they are to be allotted an inheritance among the tribes of Israel. And whatever tribe a foreigner resides, there you are to give them their inheritance, declares the Sovereign Lord. Father Mike Schmitz points to chapter 17 in Jeremiah, which we read today, with a dinner of herbs, think salad instead of steak. Again, it's not about the salad or steak, but it's about prioritizing God's love over holding on to hate. It's prioritizing and submitting to God's ways, even if and when we want something more fleshy, I think. <laughs> In a similar way, it's not always about denying the flesh, but being willing to submit it to God's will and ways. 
This story is most poignantly reminding me that yes, material goods are good. They're ordered by God, but better are the things of God. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And in those fruits of the Spirit, which we'll see again in Galatians, we learn that not all things that we make are necessarily good. And there's this discernment embedded in it. We're also reminded in this story about honor and happiness, teaching children, and as children, honoring and caring for families, being observant for those in need, and hurting in our own spheres of influence, and in our own places and people, work, community, neighbors, and as many of you may and have felt firsthand, there is such a gift in giving. So often we're blessed, or at least feel we are more blessed sometimes when we help others. However, we also know that sometimes giving or being a blessing, it feels like a cost, a sacrifice of praise in the giving, because maybe we just don't feel like it or we don't want to. But there is also often a sense of peace that our investment, our response to God in that way is living out our purpose in His name because we don't live for our own transient mood states. While some might be called like St. Thomas Aquinas in the give all arguments, it is a surrender all. I surrender all. And then with the discernment of God's word and the Holy Spirit, we live into this surrender on our lives. In some ways, similarly, but the expression may be unique. We're all called to become a kingdom of priests, which Marty Solomon describes as putting God on display, helping others navigate to Jesus for atonement, interceding for others in prayer and being prodigally generous, and going beyond what is required. I think of this like learning a new instrument or a new sport. It takes practice, living it out showing up for the practice, and we show up for this strength training, this spiritual strength training, which is kind of like a spirit of thanksgiving, of Eucharisto, and offering praise, the fruits of the Spirit, drawing those out. These are gifts He gave us, and we show up to listen and dwell, abide in His presence, not always just talk to Him, and we rest in it. We find our leadership guidance to rule and reign, the how-to of it, the why and when of it, as vice regents in the place of remembrance. We are reminded of this story. Behold, the days are coming. This doesn't mean run until you have nothing left. There's a rhythm from Genesis 1 forward and rest, not carrying burdens into Sabbath, but giving them over to the Lord for atonement, putting them down, for completion, for redemption and restoration by Him. Remember, in this part, Ezekiel, the part about the temple, those who enter through the north will not exit that way. They go out the south and vice versa. Being in God's presence, it changes us. It transforms us, giving us a new heart and spirit. I just, I can't help but just think we cannot come into the Lord's presence and remain the same. Are we ready for that? Are we walking in and through that in His name? Pray for me, I'm praying for you. My prayer is this, found in Philippians 1, 9 through 11, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ, to the glory and praise of God. 
What is this fruit? It is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Galatians 5, 22 through 24. See you tomorrow. Tomorrow.